previously on My Best Friend's Journal. Oh. Flirted and smoked at his place in Astoria. And then? Three-way with him. Yeah! Oral only. Uber back to Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> this all culminated with me eating most of a pack of those Oreos, and it was pretty fucking gluttonous. So the other two packs, I think I'm going to put them in the basement. I'll save them until you come, and we can have a gay Oreo pig out. You and I have both watched the pilot for It's a Sin. It is very lovable which is a strange thing to say about an AIDS show but it just is um it's full of heart and humor and I, I just have to ask you don't feel any sense of like foreboding or or just like low-level anxiety that you're like this is going to be tough to watch um no <laughs> I do want a bidet for Christmas hear that mom bidet okay I got that um all right I appreciate that <laughs> you got wanna... it sick no I do not have your bidet the asshole part, it's just very precarious work. Some people, well, no, I think most people wax, I guess, if they want to go yeah. bare. Um, That's what a Brazilian is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud. How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote. This shit might get too real. Nothing here is sacred. I'm haunted by my past. It's called my best friend's journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Let's sing this theme a little longer first. It's someone's favorite podcast. Yes, and the world's greatest podcast. It's been a while since we've heard of Mrs. Doubtfire entrance. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Euphigenia? Euphigenia. I'm great. I'm Mike. I'm Cam, and this is my best friend's journal. And do you know what? I am shocked that there has not yet been a drag queen on RuPaul's Drag Race, probably the UK edition, that's named Euphigenia Doubtfire. Like, wouldn't that be the perfect oh. drag queen name that no one has? Uh, do you think that's copyrighted? I don't know. Uh, and it also kind of it begins to pigeonhole you a bit into being Mrs. Doubtfire, you know? Most gay guys I know like to be a little bit pigeonholed. Pigeonholed is like a weak euphemism. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> hey, the word hole is in it. I'm gonna birds. take it. Um, <laughs> also, I do think I would like to see like a sexy glam Euphigenia Doubtfire walking down the runway, <laughs> uh-huh. like the same uh-huh. wig but like a gorgeous couture gown and like padded <laughs> for the gods. Anyway, or just like um the like custard face but gorgeous. Oh yeah, custard face um. is probably a good drag name as well, but for different reasons. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I'm good. Um, this weekend I sang, which I haven't done in forever. I did like a little oh my goodness. casual gig at a at a wine bar outside, and it was so fun. Tell me everything. How are you getting gigs in your new city that you haven't worked in for years? My friend Janine, she has sung in this gig before, and so she got me involved, and then she sang again. And my friends Vanessa and Eli came, which was so fun. Uh, and actually, Vanessa, who we joked about very early on, people thinking that I made her up as an excuse to get out of things. She posted a video. And so I got a few messages that were like, "Mm, did you make up an account just to pretend like people were there? (laughs) I I see no Vanessa here. She's real and she's really my friend. I promise. Was it nice to use the old voce? It was. At first I was like getting stressed about it. And then I was thinking I, this should be a zero stress situation. I am going to pick easy songs and just have fun. Come at it from that angle. And I did. And it was great. Oh, good. But, the best part of the story um, is on my bike ride home, I was, you know, riding home and I see two dogs 
off their leash running through an intersection and i was like oh, this is go one of two ways it's good don't worry can you imagine it, do you think i'd start it like that if i was like and then they were hit by a bus <laughs> i would still be crying uh, i think one of two ways would be like you either rescued them or you stole them so I didn't... as he slowly holds a dog up to the camera <laughs> and they're mine now <laughs> Oh, that'd be good. Um, no, they were running, uh, and I threw my bike down. I, I saw my moment, my time to shine, and me and another stranger helped uh, corner the dogs while their owner caught up, and I felt like I was in the right place at the right time. I was very glad oh. to help lure these puppies out of harm's way. That was your moment. Did you sing This is the Moment from Jekyll and Hyde as you did it? This is the moment. Um, no, I saved that for my bike ride home. I was like standing on the okay. handlebars um, and singing that, you know, in a Christ the Redeemer position. Holding that last note for a full 16 bars. Mm-hmm. Um, so did um, did the owners thank you? Why were these dogs free? Were they irresponsible owners? Did I they don't know. I, loose? I had thrown down the city bike that I was riding. So I had to go pick that up before someone stole it. And I owed a lot of money. Okay. Um, so I didn't really get any any further clarification. The owner, understandably, was kind of in shock and exasperated. She was like almost angry looking, you know, in the way you are when your dog does mm-hmm. something so horrifying. Um, yeah. And so she didn't, tried to murder themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she didn't uh, thank us or anything, but I, I understand she was in like it was traumatic. And so I just kind of moved along. But I know she appreciated it. I am that guy that every time I see a dog loose on the street, I like pull over my car and I have to give him the, you know, once over. Like, is there someone nearby? Are they wearing a collar? All this kind of stuff. Uh, we've had to stop that in this little mountain community we live in now because a lot of dogs just kind of roam their property. Um, and the other day, Peter, oh, like sure. literally stopped the car and opened the door. I was like, that dog absolutely lives in one of these houses you're not allowed to take it it was like a friendly dog just wandering down our street he was like but it it's not its owners nowhere nearby i'm like when we moved in they warned us that dogs would visit all the time we can't just go keeping them all i get it though that is um that is hard to you don't know for sure i mean was that dog wearing a collar it was wearing a collar yeah and it was like up up in our little community i'm almost certain that it was you know just just out for a a brisk jog um the only dogs that ever visited me were coyotes and California and they were a plenty <laughs> and they were scary honestly <laughs> they are scary especially when you had a cute little floofy dog that you're taking care of all the time well Miss Chewy I was constantly worried she was going to be eaten but she's alive still so oh, keep your fingers crossed <laughs> um, I stopped traffic one time in a little town um, in California on the way to uh, Mammoth Mountain there was a um, I was with two friends and there was this dog just like darting in and out of traffic, really scared. This like little, little like pocket pit, like sweet looking little girl. And, um, I pulled over and she was just so discombobulated, you know, she was like on the sidewalk and there's people and then she'd run out and then there was cars. It was so scary. Mm -hmm. And my friends were like, I guess they, this is (laughs) not what their instinct was not like pull over and save the dog their instinct was like let's go slow and not hit the dog and i pulled over <laughs> they're gonna like, say what? their instinct was accelerate and just get through it <laughs> <laughs> no they were like they're like oh just just be careful i'm like no no it needs me and so like i ended up out of the car stopping traffic in the middle of this town like running down side streets after this dog and it did not want to be caught and it eventually evaded me but um <laughs> i thought i was thought i was gonna be the great savior of this puppy um anyway i, I get gotta it. say um I don't think, I don't think I'd have the same sense of duty if it was like a toddler running around in traffic. <laughs> you can just assume that there's parents nearby if it's That's a toddler. True. Or uh, other but, humans who certainly uh, will care more than I. <laughs> 
Uh, well, folks, you heard it here first. Mike will save a dog in traffic, but not a human child. I didn't say I wouldn't. I just said I'm not confident. <laughs> I would feel the same uh-huh. urgency, you know? Um, Toddlers are a lot easier to catch than dogs, too. So, that's like, you true. Could Their just... stumpy little fucking legs are so uncoordinated. <laughs> Uh, just disparaging babies left and right. Speaking of babies, you had quite the food baby last night. Uh, has that dissolved? <laughs> dissolved. Yeah. Um, I gave birth, if you will. So Ew. last night I was, I was <laughs> giving telling... birth to a food baby just means a giant <laughs> shit. If that's not painfully clear. <laughs> uh, so last week, uh, we talked about chromatica Oreos, uh, sure at did. length and I, I had bought boughten. I had bought I had bought multiple packs, um, of these things and really plowed through one with abandon last week, uh, and had promised myself I wasn't going to open anymore. Uh, well last night in a moment of weakness, I didn't have any dessert that was easily accessible mm. after dinner. I needed a bite of something sweet. So of it's course never just I, a bite, though. it's never just a bite. I had like, you know, 10 Oreos. So I opened, uh, another pack of chromatica Oreos. They went down so easy. They were delicious. Um, and I almost posted a picture on Instagram, but then I thought it might be a little too thirsty, just like a mirror selfie uh, of, a you know, my stomach. But it was just like a, a like distended food baby stomach, just full of Oreos. They really, really made me feel uh, feel very full. That doesn't sound and, thirsty. That sounds like yeah, the opposite. It was, you could. I don't know. It wasn't the most unflattering picture of all time. Oh, fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this terrible food baby is really pushing my six pack forward. <laughs> You can feel free to cut that. Um, but I will not. <laughs> I, I went to uh, or this morning I woke up and uh, I had my normal morning constitutional. Why do we always talk about poop on this podcast? This is the poo cast. It's hard not to. You know what? It's the only it consistent really thing in our life. We always poop, right? We do. Yeah. Well, I am going to get really gross here. So, you know, push the 30 seconds forward button if you don't like to talk about poop it was green um it's not normally <laughs> green and first of all i thought i was like wow well done me i ate so many veggies yesterday i have green poop so how veggies work <laughs> that, well you know if you have like a ton of broccoli and spinach like you can get like a greeny poop no never not for you? really the only way i think that would happen is like a pound of kale well anyway. it's happened to me before but here we are um it was not that i just realized or i realized very quickly after i was mid patting myself on the back for all my veggie intake that I had eaten 10 violently green Oreos that were dyed with very unnatural food coloring and mm. that absolutely made my poop a violent shade of green. So I went from very proud to very ashamed. That's scary. Um, but I no longer have the food baby. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say like a froggy ferny cabbage, the baby was unnaturally green? Unnaturally. <laughs> Oh my God, that was a deep, wicked reference. It took me a, a real second. Yeah, I would say exactly that. Um, and good for you with that. <laughs> um, okay, since you brought up your uh, Oreos from last week, I want to bring up something from last week as well. I We were talking about It's a Sin and how much we love it, and I still do. I'm a couple episodes further. So good, recommend. But <laughs> I need to make a retraction. I was saying that I mm-hmm. was not you know, scared about the what mm-hmm. i knew was gonna happen you said that it was it was fun and full of humor and heart i yeah and I, I retained you that. kind of dismissed the fact that i was full of absolute dread thinking this is gonna take a nasty turn for no, the anxious i didn't dismiss it i agreed i just said i wasn't worried about the repercussions i figured i would cry mm-hmm. i'd enjoy it and move on Fair but yeah. now with just two episodes left i will be approaching them with gay dread <laughs> because after watching episode three i was full of anxiety i was tossing and turning in bed for like three hours i had watched some other stressful stuff as well but i just like that you 
you watched that. I, I texted you right at the right moment after you had watched that show and then watched the memorial for 500,000 people dead due to COVID in the United States all in one evening. And I uh, I so, think that all yeah. just kind of piled on. It's what a, what a dark, heavy evening that was. Yeah, it should be no surprise that I had trouble sleeping. It was like truly too much for my soul mm-hmm. to bear. I overestimated my capacity for tragedy. Now I'm absolutely dreading episode three uh but we'll get to that this weekend so uh you might be getting similar texts from me okay we keep saying dread do not dread it it is amazing the show is so good just know that it's gonna make you feel things well i have a much lighter and uh more frivolous gay content wreck uh but this also ties into my gayest moment of the week so do you care to gay 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 okay so listen um our listeners, first of all, I've I said it last week. They came through with some really really strong recommendations when I asked for book recs. I added them all to my Goodreads. I think I got like over fifty books, uh, over fifty new books on my want to read list, uh, and a ton of them were um, a ton of them were repeats. Like like people you know mm-hmm. recommended the same books. Um, one that came up probably ten times was a book called Red, White, and Royal Blue mm-hmm. uh, that I. I had never even heard anything about it, but it was definitely the number one most recommended book, the one that came up the most times. And so when, um, and I know that I was asking for paper book or for actual, you know, real in the flesh paper books to order. Um, books but, made of flesh, yeah. But books made of flesh. You know, I was, I know that I was asking for flesh books. However, <laughs> um, I was, um, I've, I've been working uh, a lot on the house this week and I needed, I was out of podcasts and out of audiobooks, and I had a credit on Audible. So I just downloaded that one without reading the blurb for the book, look, looking at reviews, anything. I was like, if all these listeners think it's a good recommendation, it's got to be solid. So I just downloaded it and started listening and was immediately hooked. Um, it is really fun. It's this great book that is written in a um, in kind of a, a, a fun, like contemporary style. It's like what I would normally consider like beach lit. Um, does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like, yeah, like, like just like a, a good easy breezy read. Yes. Um, but it's, it's well-written. It's funny. It's snarky. It is not, um, a lot of like, you know, like this kind of light literature is, it feels like it was written fast and not edited very well, but this mm-hmm. was like definitely written very well, like with a, um, with a specific kind of voice. And it is written in the world of actual modern American politics with like references to actual people, actual politicians, actual political families, dynasties, all this kind of stuff. However, it is written as if someone else a fictional politician uh, won the 2016 election. So there's no trap in this entire story. It is written as if uh, a different this, world. Yeah. It's a different world in which in 2016, the first woman president was elected and it's about her family. And mm-hmm. I kind of had the inclination that it was going to get gay in some way because uh, the covers the two people... dudes. <laughs> well, uh, is it? I didn't even yeah. look at the cover. I have no idea. No, I, I assumed it was going to get gay because all of our, you know, all of our listeners uh, recommended it. And then it gets gay pretty quickly and it gets kind of hot pretty quickly. And then I was, I mean, my gayest moment is like downstairs using my table saw, like fully getting a chub during a sex scene. I was like, (laughs) so that sounds dangerous next to your table saw. (laughs) It was, it was a very incongruous moment. I was just like listening to this book, like laughing along, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden there's this like, kind of hot and heavy like i think it was like a blowjob scene i can't even remember there's Ooh. been quite a few since then uh and i was like oh my god this is so sexy and it came almost out of nowhere and Did you i come out of nowhere? came almost <laughs> out of nowhere 
both went for it um uh-huh. it was it was great and then i was like oh my god our listeners are dirty ass motherfuckers they pretty much recommended in droves this uh like a, a romance novel but it's not tacky it's not like his throbbing meat stick went into his you know <laughs> tiny pulsing man slit okay um, it you was... should absolutely write erotica <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, um no. So anyway, it's just it's like really well written um just like kind of normal like I guess like a normal approach, like speaking about it in pretty plain language, but in a way that it is sexy. It's great. So it feels like you have relatable characters, a relatable voice, a very now and current while still being fun. Yes. And let me be very clear. It is not a romance novel. There are just some sex scenes that are just like hotter than normal. It usually kind of takes it, takes me out of it in a book, Mm -hmm. especially an audiobook when someone else is reading it to me. I'm like, no, 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 no. But uh, it was, it was still enjoyable enough that I was like, oh, I feel a little bit of a tingle in my downstairs. Well, I have also begun this book. I'm only a chapter in. I love it so far. I have Because I called you last night and raved about it. I was like, download this book. It's everything you like. It's gay. It's political. It's fiction, but it's also like funny and smart. I just just kind of thought you'd like it. Well, you thought right. If it's going to be fiction, it's it's fun to have it in a, a setting like the White House. And I look forward to catching up to you and then we can chat about it. That was a content wreck and a gayest moment all wrapped up into one. Please tell me what your gayest moment was. My gayest moment was the cherry on top of a delicious day that was the, that I was talking about at the beginning of this episode. I sang. I caught the dogs. I get home to uh-huh. a... <laughs> unexpected package from my dear and now favorite friend gabriella and her husband Fuck Andy. you sorry you'll understand um <laughs> i favorite friend how dare you she you can start a podcast with her called my favorite friend's journal <laughs> we already have it's in production um <laughs> she was like a package got delivered i couldn't leave a, a gift message so let me know when you got it i was like what like it's it's there's no occasion i it was expecting nothing i get this box open it up and i have never so enjoyed a surprise gift i was beside myself and called to her immediately it was a bidet oh my god you've been talking about this since before christmas she knows and she answered the call she she had thought about doing it before her and her husband uh, about getting me one but she assumed that at this point i've been talking about it so long certainly i already got one from someone or i bought myself one and i saw her recently and it came up that i didn't have a bidet didn't think about it at all. You saw her recently and asked if you could use hers. I saw her recently and was like, would you mind buying me a bidet? Um, <laughs> anyway, she realized I still didn't have one and and out of nowhere sent me one. I have never, like, imagine the joy of just getting a surprise card from a friend times 400. Like, it was... Yeah, that's so sweet. So sweet. Also, my friend's taking care of my anal hygiene is I quite I hope that's gay. an early birthday gift. Gabriella, you're setting too high a bar for friendship gift giving over here. Well, I expect some uh, unexpected gifts from you anytime. <laughs> I get so many. Um, uh, only only one of your friends can be in charge of your butthole health, and it's going to be her. <laughs> Yikes. Um, <laughs> sorry for that title. Anyway, I was hoping to have it installed already. By the time you hear this podcast, I promise it'll be installed. I went to get it on my toilet ASAP, but I got stymied at removing my toilet seat cover. It is really uh well locked on there and i know it can come off i'm just having a real hard time so i gotta get through that barrier i'm just imagining didn't we get you a little toolbox aren't there like three or four tools in there in your house i have plenty of tools and thank you for that condescending note um i feel like three or four tools in there i'm sure you could take the end of your tape measure and use that little metal piece to pry it up um i'm just trying to imagine what like 
honestly, I'm trying to imagine what you look like holding like a plier and a, <laughs> and a scissor and staring at your staring at your... a nail file and a bobby pin. <laughs> Uh, so I might have to call maintenance and have them come remove my toilet lid. And that's going to be difficult to explain, but fuck them, right? <laughs> fuck them, yeah. Well, you could also just like hire a task rabbit to come over. So like a, a little little handy person to come install your tushy. Is it a tushy? It is a luxe bidet. Oh, a luxe bidet. Mm-hmm. L- luxe bidet. Yeah, it's lovely. And I cannot wait to try it out and let you all know exactly how fresh my anus feels. Great. Well, you know, the first time in years that you won't have just dingleberries on dingleberries. <sighs> Gross. I'm assuming the one that she bought you has a pressure washing setting. Oh, yeah. It goes from um, child sprinkler to fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> child sprinkler. <laughs> you know, I'm picturing like the sprinklers kids run through. They got to be light enough. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's not specifically for kids. It's for lawns, but okay. I, I like you, it. You don't get to speak on what's specifically for children. You threaten to make a, a corporation based on children's wigs. <laughs> Threatened to. Did it. I have a URL. I have established an LLC. Wow. I managed you out already. I'm sorry. Oh, God. I feel like Andrew Garfield in the social network. He's like in on a great idea and just gets shoved to the side, you know? Mm-hmm. Did that guy ever get his comeuppance? I don't know. I mean, Andrew Garfield's doing just fine. Yeah, he sure is. <laughs> uh, all right, my friend. Is it time to read my best friend's journal? Or do you want to call your favorite friend? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Actually, we're going to get Gabriella to sub in this week for <laughs> the first episode of my favorite friend's journal. Fuck everyone. Bye. <laughs> Nothing here is sacred. I'm haunted by my past. It's called My Favorite Friend's Journal. Let's start this damn podcast. It's April 4th, 2016. Where were we, Mike? Um, I was hitting the pavement in New York trying to find a job. I feel like I was just rejected from that guy, Michael, that I was kind of talking to. Not rejected, mm-hmm. like half ghosted. Oh my God. Can I just tell you, you recently showed me a picture of that guy and I swear to God, his <laughs> name is Michael I thought the headshot was your headshot. You guys look so much alike. You're like, oh, he's kind of similar to me. I'm like, oh, you mean he's your brother? Oh, okay. you, I, I, I swear to God, we, it would if you had dated him, it would have been one of the. I mean, it's bad enough when gay couples look alike or when they have the same first name, but both. Yes, I, I get it. But it's, I think I just happen to currently want to have sex al- with yourself. <sighs> <laughs> currently look a little bit like that headshot because of the hair length. I don't know what his like. That's you know whatever i've got nothing to say (laughs) you're like whatever i mean he just happens to also have a cuban mother and (laughs) And a carbon copy of my dick (laughs) (laughs) uh by the way i'm a hydration queen now you are look at that giant jug and also your water canteen uh (laughs) wait just tell me i have one big boob um Ever since I FaceTimed with your mom back uh, last summer, um, I've been thinking about drinking water because we got on the phone with your mom and I was like, this cannot possibly be your mother. She looks far too young to have children your age. Uh, And I was just, you had told me a long time ago that she loves water and that she's like pretty much preserved herself from the inside out. And, And so I have been thinking every day when I wake up dehydrated and haggard as fuck in the mirror, I'm like, (laughs) you need need to pull a rose and start drinking water. And so I looked it up and did you know that someone my size should be drinking like a full gallon of water every day? Oh my God. A gallon. And you're so tiny. Imagine someone bigger. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I'm Thumbelina, baby. Um, so I ordered this water bottle, which is half a gallon, and I'm trying to get through two of them. I almost hit it yesterday. It's going to take a while to get my bladder up to that because, you know, I already pee all the time. You do. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to float away. Yeah, my mom has... I don't know that she has sworn by it. Like, she doesn't credit water, but I do because I know her habits. She used to slather herself in oil and bake on the beach until she was like... Mm. It was the 70s. Yes, she was uh, 15 shades darker. So, so, uh-huh. so dark. Um, she's still, with all that sun damage, she still looks so young and, and you know, um, what am I trying taut. to say? So, what, hot? Taut. I didn't call my oh, mother taut, hot. yes. <laughs> I thought you said she. I was like, no, great. Her skin, she's a hot mom. Her skin is mm-hmm. excellent, and I have to attribute it mm-hmm. to water because it's like the one very healthy thing she's always done super consistently. Well, I aspire to be your mother's age and to look as fucking youthful as her. It's not going to happen. Um, I don't have the genes, but I'm going to try. Uh, sorry, I opened your journal and immediately started talking about me, but this huge ass water bottle is always in my line of sight now, so I had to mention it. So we're back in April 4th, 2016. You applied at Cecil in Harlem. Um, but would rather work at Rockefeller. <laughs> You'll take that back, bitch. <laughs> we'll get there soon. Okay. Um, you said Michael doesn't seem too interested anymore. Um, you spelled two T O. Uh, <laughs> you bought a hard drive after editing all your soulmates vids you said that was so hard on my full computer. And then you watched snatch game with Mick and CC. I wonder what snatch game it was. I don't know. Ooh, we could figure it out. 2016 drag race. Who was on that year? It was Bob the Drag Queen's year. Oh, it was good season eight. Um, okay, on April fifth, you applied and started working at. Oh, what does that say? Something with a J. Jugamama. Ju. Ju Jamson. Um, what? It. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a uh, theater network or company that they own a few Broadway houses, and I was ushering. I was substitute ushering for Broadway shows. Good way to see shows for free. That's so fun. Uh, probably for like once or twice. And then Literally. Like, God damn it. <laughs> like the seventh time I saw something rotten, I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> something is rotten. Um, you said you, so you started applying at Jubelmeyer as a <laughs> sub usher uh-huh. um, as opposed to a dom usher. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is where I okay. wear the collar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so easy. Worked something rotten and got inspired to be on Broadway. <laughs> That inspiration lasted the whole subway ride home. <laughs> you liked that show, didn't you? I liked that show. It relies so heavily on a very in-depth knowledge of musical theater. So mm-hmm. having that knowledge, it was great. Someone who doesn't, I feel like it would be painful. V-niche. Yeah. I've heard so many mixed reviews on that one. It's fun. It's not like revolutionary. Okay. Oh, you wrote Brian from juju mama is so <laughs> cute and sweet uh tell me more about this brian character oh. you've moved on from michael mr he's so so cute and sweet um yeah there's not i don't really have a story to tell other than that i thought think he is so cute and so charming and such like a he always would wear um almost rupaul style suits just like super cute kind Climb of up co- parker <laughs> <laughs> a, l- a little more demure than that, but like that, okay. like that fit and bright colors and patterns, and um, was just like I don't know the perfect blend of he was the the boss of this or the house manager at these theaters, so he was in charge of all the ushers and just operations of the show. Mm-hmm. He was assertive, but also kind of like sweet and shy and kind. I don't know. It was a real he's mm-hmm. a really lovely um, 
alluring person and i uh, he sounds verse <laughs> i regret never making a move <laughs> but oh, like I'm i don't really have an opportunity that. to do so like i'm not gonna mm-hmm. i'm sub ushering and the boss is at the theater and i'm like hi everyone by the way i'm like you want to go uh in the alley and i don't know fuck around <laughs> yeah i could have given him a, a reach around during act two you know <laughs> hope he doesn't listen to this <laughs> i hope he does april 6th you did two something rotten shifts so easy came home in between uh you had wine in broad city with mick and kick uh b2 how do you submit for oh so it's his fault (laughs) oh was that tour you did oh i can't wait okay on the morning of april 7th you had two of those voiceover um jobs in the morning and then your staffing event got canceled two exclamation points sounds like you're excited you had a free day at home always thrilled to be to get work canceled thrilled oh you wrote free day at home and still made money (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're fucking family boys what oh yeah i am you're, you're i just said fram but yes you're friendly boys you hate working so much just I let that like, money come in i hate working <laughs> things that i hate like i don't want to cater that just as simple right. as that but also um this is just like quite the illustration of my life at this time i've got a sub ushering gig i'm doing random like voiceover gigs i am staffing i'm looking for restaurant jobs like it is a lot of piecemeal work it's the gig economy baby um on april 8th you ushered something rotten again so easy you have written that every time every time that you've ushered that i mean it must be so easy you just what tell people where their seats are you have a little flashlight yep bring people in after the opening number the hardest part is uh yeah that is when people come after the show started and you have to be like nope you can't sorry especially if Mm -hmm. sometimes some shows have like a 30 minute window where the next time you can sit is well into the first act and uh-huh. telling people that is tough or I bet pe- people who are being a nuisance. Um, I think my very first day I had to do that. If someone's like taking videos or has a flashlight or something stupid, you have to go up and tell them. And like, that is, um, humbling as well. <laughs> have you ever had to tell people like to like get off their phone or like, were people like talking out loud, that kind of thing? Yes. And it's awful. I hate it. Yeah. I would feel kind of vindicated because I always want to um, I always want to confront people that are behaving badly, but I don't always feel like I have the authority. So if like I had a fucking badge and a flashlight, a badge, <laughs> a vest, if I had a vest and a flashlight, I would so happily we be like, excuse ties, me, sir, you you're ruining much. this for everyone. <laughs> I would love that. Give me that flashlight. Um, let's see here. So after something rotten, you met oh Sam and her family at my door in theater oh crazy what this happened a couple times randomly where close friends just happened to show up at the at the theater where i was ushering and i didn't know they were coming um oh they were like seeing that show they were seeing that show and <laughs> and they were at the door i was like oh hello let me show you to your seat <laughs> that's crazy i know like one of your dear friends that is a, a very bizarre thing oh then you wrote crazy <laughs> uh you're accepting lots of ushering work these days you wrote that starting to organize your computer congratulations Thrilling. gonna be a huge project well i hope we don't have to read too much about it because no, that no. is boring <laughs> don't worry you think i committed to that <laughs> have you read any of this journal uh similar to gonna update my website (laughs) five six years ago april 9th curtains and rug for guest room period what does that mean did you procure them okay lunch at tommy bahama with sam's family and aaron you showed claire the apartment oh to sublet um, oh is this tall claire yeah this is claire i met at 
that theater in Florida. She's excellent, and she will end up subletting. Wait. Tall Claire that I met in your apartment in Washington Heights was Claire that you met in Florida at that job? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Full circle. I thought that was a rando who just happened to be a, like a really good sublet, like by, you know, luck of the gods. No, I, I knew she would be good because she's very cool. Um, Tara saw my place. Oh, hey, Tara. Um, then we went to hers for dinner and Argentinian Malbec. Um, okay. okay. So was Great. your sister Malbec. living in the city? What? <laughs> was your sister living in the city? Yeah, she lived on the east side. We actually were like less than... I was, at this point, my brother was about a mile away from me in New Jersey, but via the George Washington Bridge, which makes it an hour's long commute, and my sister was less than a mile away from me on the east side, which again, because of the situation, because of the setup in New York City, hours commute. Uh (laughs) We were all within a mile, but like rarely saw them. Okay, hours was dramatic, but it was an inconvenient journey to say the least. That's pretty crazy. That you all just ended up that close to each other. April 10th, laundry, worked out, cooked. Oh, you made cook. You made cooked. You <laughs> worked out. You cooked homemade naan and hummus, ordered house stuff from Saks with my gift card. Ooh, hey, oh, yeah. money, rich, rich. Um, continue to organize computer data. Oh, great. <laughs> you fucking tool. Is computer data uh, the new, the new uh, <laughs> financial journal? uh-huh absolutely um well because the next morning you worked on your computer all morning what then you did i accomplish it's a fucking mess <laughs> i don't know uh you walked with kick to city college so beautiful oh is so it? beautiful yeah and it's uh it is this stunning campus right in the center of upper manhattan that i just didn't realize was there it's so it contradicts all of the area around it it is um just so pristine and i it really Sticks out like a sore thumb in that area. Gorgeous for a walk. Fascinating. Is that yeah. like Harlem area, 135th? I think it's like Hamilton or Sunnyside Heights. Okay. So just north of Harlem. North, north of Harlem, south of Washington Heights. Okay. Gotcha. Isn't Columbia up there too? Columbia is Morningside Heights, but it actually had uh, some like extension of its campus right by my old apartment in Washington Heights. Good to know. City College was so beautiful. You met Victoria and Zach at, good God, sir, Schmeckelback? What does this say? Schmeckerg. Schme- what is what is Schmeckel from? I'll give you a Schmeck. Schmegma. No, what is uh, Schmeckel a thing from? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. When Schnecken beckons. <laughs> when <it's> the Schne- <laughs> that's from the birdcage. Where did I do it? Schmeckel? Let me see. What does that say? Schmackery. Schmackery? Cookies. Oh. Okay. Cookie Thank place. Thank you for knowing that. So you met them at the Schmegma place. Saw- okay. Imagine a Schmegma store. <laughs> you saw Jante J- there. Uh-huh. God damn, there's a lot of words. I don't know what these things mean. Went to Sam's with Aaron, got Chinese and wine, and organized her room. Oh, that's uh, nice. So fun. Love any excuse for Chinese and wine with my friends. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't On know April why. 12th. I always, I feel like when you get Chinese, it always ends up being a, you know, it's an event. So you drink too. You either get beers or wine or whatever. Chinese doesn't actually go really well with alcohol. I always have alcohol with it, but it's not like a really good marriage. Okay. There, this is going to be a very specific kind of reference. I one time read this book called False Memory by Dean Koontz. I cannot believe that I even remember the, anything about this book. Because well, it might I be read a false so memory. <laughs> I read so many books and listen to so many books that usually, unless it's like a favorite book, the, the, um, the plots just go straight out of my head. Even if I really enjoyed it, unless it was so good that I like, or I enjoyed it so much, I just can't. I only have so much space in my mind for plots. Yeah, and I, that makes sense. I feel, 
I, I feel like you're not that way because you remember so like you remember intricate plot points or like I don't know you just have like it's such a like a steel trap for these kind of things but for me I only really like only the like top probably five percent of books that I read actually stick in my mind um but anyway there's this book called false memory by Dean Koontz my dad was always a big Dean Koontz fan that we always had like our bookshelves were full of his stuff so I read a lot of it growing up um and it was a book that was like based on the Manchurian candidate, which is all about like brainwashing. And Mm -hmm. so anyway, this one character, I just always remember she always got Chinese food and drank Qingdao beer with it. Okay. Um, She would always, always, always have a Qingdao. And so I, I I was like, how the fuck is this going to relate to Chinese food? Sorry. (laughs) I, I, I just, as a kid, like probably 13 or 14 years old reading this, like thinking like, knowing nothing about how beer tasted or like associating with that Chinese food. But to this day, when I get takeout Chinese food, I want to get a beer because of that book, because I thought those things like this woman always described this character described on multiple occasions, how they always went together. And it was like a specific thing that she loved. And now like, I love a good cold beer with Chinese food. So you have been brainwashed by a book about a book about brainwashing. (laughs) Kids do just remember the most random shit. I want. I recently heard someone on a different podcast talking about how like little kids are. They just that you know everyone calls little kids sponges. And she just said it was. Hey you, you know sponge, get over here. <laughs> Give me your lunch money, sponge. <laughs> Specifically, their minds. <laughs> so stupid. Oh my god, there's a sponge running across the street. Someone help him. Not me. I won't. You know what I meant. <laughs> I did, yeah. You know fully what I meant. Everyone says little kids have minds that are sponges. And this this woman on the, this podcast host said uh, that same thing kind of a different way. She's like, they absorb everything. Their brains are empty. They just, there's so much room for stuff. So that's why kids, and I was like, I never thought about that. Like my, my brain is too full of plots to like care because I consume so much fiction, like to care unless it's really, really excellent or it hits me in a certain way. Like my, I, I'm just full up. I don't have like the memory space, but like I read that book, which I don't think was a particularly great book, but I was a kid. I was like 13 or 14 and my brain was fucking empty. And so it's stuck. And now stuff that I've read that's so much better flies straight out my ears because I don't, (laughs) I don't have room for it anymore. I don't know how to make more room. I wish we had a delete button. I wish we could like, that's probably coming Choose. up in technology, yeah. To be able to <laughs> identify, isolate, and delete a la uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Or perhaps, like, you know, we'll get we'll come with a SD card slots so we can expand our memory. Scary shit. <sighs> All right. Anyway, April 12th. <laughs> There's a sponge running across the street. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite throwback of all time. <laughs> oh, really, really got me good. All right, April 12th. Bad audition with Gorgeous for Weathervane. Hmm? Who's Gorgeous? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Is that a song you're singing? Yeah, I sang it way too much. And, and yeah, <laughs> it's a Kristen Chenoweth song that I thought was hysterical. Oh, can you give us a tight 16 bars? No, I refuse, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, you don't usually turn down the opportunity to sing on the podcast. Um, bad audition with Gorgeous. Don't know what the pianist was playing. Been there. That's not great. Oh, it's the fucking worst. Um, first training for Rock Summer Garden. Seems like I'll make money. Oh, 30 Rock Summer Garden. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, hope I can pay off all my debts. Wondering what I'm doing with my life. Oh. 
It's been a minute since we saw that. On April 13th, two shifts of something rotten. You didn't write so easy. It must be getting harder. Got <laughs> Ty and hunted H&M and Forever 21 for work uniform. Found nothing. Sexy swing at something rotten reminds me of and makes me want to fuck him. Huh. His boyfriend's away. I'm horrible. Yep, you are. <laughs> <laughs> this is the couple I had a three-way with before the last cruise contract. Oh, right, because you had vibes with one of the guys. Yeah, we're still friends. I mean, um, and we did hook up a bunch of times, too. He is going to come up again, so give him, um, call him, call him Astoria. They're not still together? No, no, no. Um, okay. But uh, I guess that was horny while ushering. It happens, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes me want to fuck him. What a, like... <laughs> Man, yeah, I mean, you don't speak like that very often, so you're feeling randy. Mm-hmm. Uh, April 14th, you spent the morning hunting for your Rock Center uniform at 125th. Then you had training, uh, wine tasting. Your uniform was not approved. Huh? I don't know, but anything that's got to approve my uniform, just fuck right off. I hate this kind of life. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, okay, this is a sad sentence, and I'm sorry to read it. Um, feeling pretty bummed at your first love's Broadway debut. I'm an usher waiter and very single uh, yeah we all ebb and flow um i i get it though i feel you know when when you're seeing successes around you and you're not feeling uh terribly totally. successful yourself um does it make you feel any better that um you've told me off mic before that he did some sketchy ass behavior uh may or may not have committed a crime or two and will probably never work on broadway again so is there any schadenfreude there looking back <laughs> Well, I don't have a ton of faith in accountability in general, but sure, there's Schadenfreude in knowing that, like, he's not a good person, and I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he squares his shoulders and sits up a little taller. Is it okay to sit? Like, uh, I, I do feel like general, like, I have got some terrible behavior, see last entry, but also, um... <laughs> I, you, just because you wanted to fuck the guy doesn't mean that you were like, hey, your boyfriend's out of town, let's do this. I literally wrote down your boyfriend's out of town. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't say that you did fuck him. You said you wanted to fuck him. No, and we didn't. But I mean, obviously, I do bad things. But I do think, I don't know, one can identify themselves. I do feel like I am a good person. But most people probably think that. I think most people think they're good people. Um, I feel like a lot of people don't care if they're good people. I think a lot of times people don't worry about whether or not they are a good person if uh, because they're too busy looking out for number one. I think that's actually how probably over 50% of the population like goes through their lives. Do you think about whether or not you're a good person? All the time. I'm constantly stressed about it. Oh. Okay. Well, don't be stressed. You're a good person. You don't need to stress about that. It's no stress is the wrong word. It is like constantly something that I'm like striving to like, I guess like prove to myself or, or something. There's like some, you know, damage from my past that like make, I grew up feeling so much like I wasn't good mm-hmm. that like there is like a constant need for me to feel like I am I'm a major people pleaser and I am also like a um uh I, I hold myself to a, a really high standard and oftentimes I don't live up to that standard so like I'm not always very nice to myself about it like I feel like I I, I could always be better if that makes sense I think that's true for a hundred percent of people um, what that we could always be better duh and especially I don't know yeah. be, wanting to be a good person comes from reflecting probably on the things that you don't perceive as positive. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's one of those things too. Cause it is something that I, one of the reasons that I think I started going to therapy back in LA was that like, there's always, I'm not like a terribly anxious person. Like I don't 
lay awake at night, not to disparage your recent laying awake at night. <laughs> I don't, I don't usually like lose sleep over much. Like I'm not that kind of anxious, but I'm always looking at myself from the outside. I'm always trying to, um, I have like a, like a crippling empathy about me. And that sounds like, like a, like a humble brag. And that's not what I mean. I mean that like I take on other people's feelings. Like I sit at this desk and Peter works at that desk right across the way from me. And sometimes I'm not on a call and he is. And if he's having like a stressful work conversation, I get very stressed for him. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just like, I take on everything around me. And then like, I somehow like put that on myself. Like it's mine to fix. Um, like I, I have some, like something to prove all the time. So I feel like as I have grown older, I recognize that about myself and I can like acknowledge that and let it go um, more often than not. But I still am. It, it's it, it all comes down to like growing up feeling like I was bad and that I was incomplete or like not good, not, not just not good enough at, at like being a, a good person or a Christian or whatever. And so um, there's some like deep rooted need to be the best I can possibly be. <laughs> There's, you know, a degree to which it is no longer helpful, but I think um, a heavy dose of introspection and self-awareness would do a lot of people a lot of fucking good. Yeah, like all things, it's all about balance, right? There's a there's a good amount of that that, that can that can act for good, and then once you get past that point, there's a, a very quick tipping point where it, it is no longer a force for good, it is a force for self-destruction. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, well, that's enough about my deep-rooted personality flaws, and that's probably enough journal. We've gotten through a couple weeks of April. How does that feel to you? There's a few things I'd like to say about more of your personality flaws. So, <laughs> Save it until next episode. I'm exhausted. All right, fine. Hey, Cam, <laughs> did we hear from any listeners this week? <laughs> you know that we did. I got a text message from a longtime listener and dear friend of mine who uh, shall remain nameless. She had a comment about our conversation about waxing one's butthole. I think that was a few episodes ago. I don't exactly remember. Um, But she said, you and Mike joked about waxing your butthole. As someone who waxes their vagina, butthole, legs, armpits, the butthole is by far the least painful. Not sure if it's because I'm used to the pain, having waxed all that uh, once a month for over a year. But seriously, it doesn't really hurt. And it's so satisfying how smooth it is. (laughs) Obviously, the vagina is hell on earth. Pain every time. Armpits are manageable, but still more painful than the butthole. So <laughs> I have to, I have to ask, um, if she's satisfied with how smooth it is, I just, I, it brings me an image of her just like gently, gently rubbing a rubbing finger around. On yeah. Just kind of doing <laughs> circles on her anus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. hundred <laughs> percent. So satisfying. Just like legs in the air, just like slowly stroking her beehole. Um, you know oh, what? <laughs> that goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm no more encouraged to do it, but that is good to know. Like if I ever decided that I really wanted to, you know, um, if, if I wanted someone to be actually be able to find my tiny butthole, I could get it <laughs> waxed and it wouldn't hurt that bad. That makes sense. Cause I think that skin is just like maybe easier to deal with than other areas. It's like your asshole is more taut than uh, the yes. other spots you could wax. <laughs> yes. My asshole is more taut. Yours, however, is a full wizard sleeve. It would take a team of two Ukrainian oh, women. To, Ukrainian to women. <laughs> They're always Eastern European, the waxers. There's a whole European wax center, and it's all Russian. Wizard sleeve. Uh, um, <laughs> a, a wizard sleeve just implies <laughs> incredible prolapse. <laughs> Episode title. Took to the very end. <laughs> incredible prolapse it is. <laughs> I feel like that's a turn off. We'll see. <laughs> Would you click something that said incredible prolapse? Like, do you want to? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd wait until the very end just to figure out what in the world they were talking about. Mm. Um, (laughs) well i think that's all i've got the stomach for this week (laughs) 
Oh man, you really you made me laugh a lot this week. My stomach hurts. Okay. No, it's the Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's my Lady Gaga's baby. Um if people want more of my best friend's journal, where can they find us, Mike? Well, they can email us at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com. They can find us on Instagram at mbfjpodcast. They can check out our website at mybestfriendsjournal.com or mbfjpodcast.com. I'm so proud of you. Or madbomersabs.com. So True. And as always, if you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, we really live for those reviews. Happy to read any five-star reviews on this year podcast and your name if you want it. So uh, just click on over, leave that review. We'll talk to you next episode. Thanks so much. Love you. Bye. What an honor. We will read your name on this esteemed <laughs> prolapse heavy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. That does it for this week, Mike. Until next time, always remember, be careful listening to erotica near a table saw. <laughs> It's not erotica. It's dangerous either way. (laughs) It's April 4th, 2016. April 4th day. Like April Fool's Day, but... Yeah, no, 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 no. Delete that and start over. It's April...